Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. so many takeaways from this movie and I do encourage you to watch the whole thing if you have a chance to I mean there's so many things that we could take but I told JD I said okay I've got to I've got to narrow it down to just a few things that I really want to speak to you all today on and I just have four points I'm going to make them very quick because quickly sorry for you English majors quickly um I want the Holy Spirit just to speak to you this morning through that So if there's other things that the Holy Spirit is working on your heart in and through, lean into that. But this morning, some things that, when I watched this, just hit me. Um, The the first thing I want to talk to you about is that soil is everything. When you see the beginning of the movie, they buy this land that is so hard that when they drop it against the ground, they pick up and drop it against the ground, it doesn't even break apart. So they hire this expert to come in and they think that they're gonna have this quick, easy fix on how to do the land. But instead of having a quick, easy fix, he says, I'm gonna go in and we're gonna pull everything out of here and burn it all. We're just gonna start over. And so um, I told myself I wasn't gonna cry, but I probably am gonna cry through this whole thing. It's okay. Um, I wanna read to you some scriptures. Obviously, this is not a Christian movie, but they don't know that we know there are so many biblical principles in this because throughout the word, it talks over and over on all these agricultural things. And so um, farming is so likened to what we're walking through in life. But soil is everything. In Luke 8, 4 through 15, it says this. As they went from town to town, a lot of the people joined in and traveled along. And he addressed them using the story. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Some of it fell on the road and it was trampled down and the birds ate it. Other seed fell on the gravel and it sprouted, but it withered because it didn't have good roots. Other seed fell in the weeds and the weeds grew with it and strangled it out. Other seed fell on rich earth and produced a bumper crop. Are you listening to this? Really listening? His disciples asked, why do you tell this story? And he said, you have been given the insight into God's kingdom and you know how it works, but there are others who need these stories. But even with stories, some of them aren't going to get it. Their eyes are open, but they don't see things and their ears are open, but they don't hear things. This story is about those people. The seed is the word of God. The seeds on the road are those who hear the word, but no sooner do they hear it than the devil comes to snatch it from them so they can't believe and be saved. The seeds in the gravel are those who hear hear with enthusiasm, but the enthusiasm doesn't go very deep. It's only another fad, and the moment that there's trouble, it's gone. The seed that fell in the weeds, well, these are those who hear, but then the seed is crowded out and nothing comes from it because they go about living their lives, worrying about tomorrow, making money and having fun. But the seeds in the good earth, 
These are the good hearts who seize the word and hold on to it no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. And so I just want to ask you these questions this morning. And I want you just to say to yourself and ask this question, is my heart so hard that no seed can be planted? Have I hardened my heart? Have I become so cynical? Have I become so hardened that the word can't penetrate? Is my heart full of gravel? Mm. In the movie, we saw where Alan was trying to shove the shovel in and it would just go in like an inch. Well, you could probably go in an inch into the ground and put a seed in, but the moment that a storm comes with any kind of wind, it's gonna take the topsoil off and that seed's gonna blow away. Is my heart full of weeds? Well, these, this one hit me. This one hit me hard. And I just sat with JD yesterday and I was like, man, I need to walk through some of this. Is my heart full of weeds? Do I have unforgiveness, shame? Is there distraction or worry, confusion? That as soon as the word hits my heart, it just rises up and strangles it out. It doesn't have room to penetrate. Or is my heart good soil? Sometimes when you examine your heart, you find that you have hardened, weed-infested soil in your heart. But it doesn't have to stay that way. You just offer it to the Lord and say, God, I need you to help me with this. And this amazing things happen. He turns it around. And I love what Alan said in this movie. He said to them, I don't know if you remember, but Molly picks up the soil. She's like, this is good. And he goes, eh, barely. And she just kind of like, okay, I thought we were working towards something here. It may not happen overnight. You may not be able to like have that softened place in your heart that's been hardened for so many years. But you can go, we're getting there. And God may go, eh, we got a little bit more to do. And you just keep offering it to him and saying, God, again, here it is. Again, here it is. But what he says to her is there's never enough time to do it right, but there's always enough time to do it over. And I don't know about you, but that is the perfect picture of what's happening here. Man, we have this amazing do-over that's happening and God, God is building something in this church like I've never seen before. Which leads me to the next thing. We need to be a fruit basket. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 18 says, I want you to think about this and how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot says, I'm not elegant like the hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to the body. Would that make it so? If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, and expressive, I don't deserve a place on this head. Would you want to remove it from your body? If the body was all eye, who could hear? And if it was all ear, who could smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Molly says, I just wanted to plant three different varieties of trees. That's all I had offered. And Alan is like, uh-uh. 
75 different varieties of trees is what they brought into this fruit basket. When we launched Seeds two and a half years ago, we used to ask people all the time. We would sit down across from people. Some of you remember this. And I would say, what kind of seed are you? Because we had been in places where you would walk in the door and the whole room was full of apple trees. Like everybody was the same. Because it's true that like a lot of times leaders attract into themselves people that are just like them. Because it sure is a lot easier to get along with people that look like you and sound like you and walk like you and talk like you. But what he says in here is, if you have the same thing, you will never have fertility. Well, I'm looking around this room this morning. Oh, my friends. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, when we come into your church, we look around and go, wow, what a peculiar people. (laughs) I love it. Because even the word says, you are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. That's who we are. I look around and see people that I would never on the norm see hanging out together. I bet you wouldn't even yourself go, man, if I was walking down the street, I would look at that person and go, hey, Let's go do something together. And I see it happening. And what we're seeing in this room is the fruit basket. That's what this is. The older people hanging out with the younger people. Man, this morning, I was so blessed. I was talking to Pastor Russell over here. And Jake Weatherby was standing over here. And Rick Vincent came in the door and you beelined him. And I'm I'm talking about the same thing to Russell. And I look over and I go, right there. Right there. That's what he's called us to be. What kind of seed are you? Because I look at you here and I see orange trees and apple trees and avocado trees and cherry trees. We have this beautiful thing happening. And I know we're going to grow, but as we grow, I never want to see that change. I never want to see that change. Oh, I wrote this down and I thought it was funny because the Lord, as I was praying into this, He said, I'm not looking for a grove full of just apple trees. If we were all the same, it limits our abilities. And I wrote it down, and then I was like, ha, that's really funny. This is the grove. (laughs) I'm not looking for a grove full of apple trees. What he wants is you to be who you were created to be and be equipped to do the thing that you were created to do. Not to look like me, not to look like JD, not to look like the person sitting next to you, but you plant yourself and grow and become the variety that you were supposed to be. The quote that I took from the movie for that was, the beautiful complexity of our land is alive with infinite possibilities. It's been pretty amazing just to watch that there are things that I'm strong in that other people are pulling on. But then there's things that they're, I'm so weak in, and I look out at this congregation of people, this family, and I go, oh, I can pull on that strength from them. That's something I can't do, but they do it so well. And so if we all step into who we were created to be, and we're equipped to do it, there is so much potential in this room. So much potential. The third point I want to make is this. Snails are just duck food. (laughs) 
right? Yeah. Romans 8, 26 and 28 says, Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does the praying in and through us, making prayers out of our wordless sighs. Out of our aching groans. For he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our condition. He keeps us present before the Lord. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives, that God is working it into something good. Just when you think you're getting ahead, you know, just when they think everything's going okay, everything's going okay, we're doing good, we're doing good, the better the fruit, the more the birds. The better the garden, the more the aphids. All of a sudden, you step back and go, man, everything's falling apart again. And you think, you think this is a bad thing, but I love what he says. All of these things are just opportunities. Just take a step back and look, because God uses all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I say this often, and I firmly believe that with God, nothing is wasted. He takes the very thing that you thought was poop, and he uses it for the fertilizer of your future. If you're new here, you may not know, but our church went through some really rough things not that long ago. And it was poop. I don't know what else to call it. But man, it is fertilizing our future because of what it's creating in this room, who it's bringing to the table. Molly said this at the end of the movie. I didn't expect the hardships that we would face would make the actual dream itself feel so much more alive. I was talking to Holly last week over here and I told her, I said, it's the most unbelievable thing that has happened in my heart. Being a preacher's kid my whole life and then going to Bible school and marrying into the ministry. I found myself just going through the motions of church and quite honestly, I didn't love it. It's just what you did. It had kind of become a job. When all of this yuck, when all the poop happened, God started doing something in my heart and I stopped looking at the people in this room as just church because y'all became my family. Like this was the one place I told her, this was the one place I could walk into and feel safe. That I knew if you were here, if you were in this place that you were for us and you weren't against us. And I wanna say this to you. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're walking through. But when you walk in through those doors, you need to know that this is a place that you are, we are for you. We are not against you. This is a safe place. The people in this room, they can be your family too. But you got to open yourself up to it. You got to try again. Because I know some of you are hardened in that area of your heart. Just take it to the Lord and say, I need you to help me with this. I need you to help me try again because I promise you 
This fruit basket is full of people that just want to see you flourish. They just want to see you produce the fruit of your life. My last point is it's for them. As we build strong families this year, not just in our homes, but in our church, we have to remember that the reason we do this, the reason we come together, it is for us in this moment. But there's a whole generation coming up underneath us that's watching us. It's for them. Titus 2, 1 and 6 says, Your job is to speak out on the things that make for solid doctrine. Guide the older men into lives of temperance, dignity, and wisdom. Thank you for whoever brought me this. Guide the older men into lives of temperance, dignity, and wisdom. Into healthy faith, love, and endurance. Guide older women into lives of reverence so they end up neither gossips nor drunks, but models of goodness. By looking at them, the younger women will know how to love their husbands and their children, be virtuous and pure, keep a good house, be good wives, because we don't want anybody looking at us and looking down on God's message because of our behavior. Also, guide your young men to live disciplined lives. What we do today matters for all eternity. I think it's really easy, especially in our American culture, to live in light of 100 years or 80 years, however you think a a lifespan is. But what you have to understand is the decisions you make and the things you do while you're here on this earth, they matter for generation after generation after generation to come. And if we live our lives in light of eternity, it will change everything. It will change your perspective on how you respond and react to things. And I love at the very end when Alan says, hold on. He says, we don't do this. We don't build this farm to prove to ourselves that this way of farming works. We do it for him. And they show his son. And so... Another thing that I have brought up multiple times that just excites me is to see the generations coming together and worshiping in here. It's so powerful. It's so powerful because we don't do this to prove to ourselves that that this life, this godly life, is the way to live. We do it so that the children know, hey, this is the road, this is the path, get on it. On Wednesday night, we had our dream team meeting in here. So they came together, all, everybody came together, the adults were in here and the kids were next door. And we're all sitting here having the meeting and all of a sudden everybody's phones started like alarming. And everybody looks down and oh, there's tornado warnings. So, there's this storm all around us. We're in the middle of a field in a barn. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. There's a, so you know what we did? We went and got our kids and brought them into the barn with us. 
and we just began to worship. (laughs) And it wasn't until after that night that I went home and I went, we literally worshiped through that storm as if it didn't even exist. And what a picture. What a picture of what God has called us to do, to not look at the waves, to not look at the wind, but to just put your eyes on him, fix your eyes on him and worship through it. He makes a comment in here that he calls it luck. Well, we know it's not luck. We know this, that when you fix your eyes on the one who can say to the storm, peace be still, you don't have to look at the storms on the outside. We just come together with our children, with our families, with our friends, and we just worship together and say, I see that you're facing a storm. Let me walk through it with you. Come on, let's worship. Let's just believe the Lord. Let's just lift up our eyes from our circumstances, right? So I want you to just close your eyes with me. right where you are. There's a song that I listen to frequently. And uh, I was going to play it for you, but decided I was just going to read some of the lyrics to you because it hit every part of this story today and everything that I'm saying. But it was a prophetic song written by Jason Upton. And I just want you to, to picture this as I read it out. It says, long live the journey and long live the children that we raise. Long live the memories like leaves the years carried away. And just like a tree that slowly grows, the higher we reach, the deeper we go. Because we're living for something that will be here when we're old and we're headed for some place a little further down the road. Redwoods and daisies, they never look worried to me. They take what's been given as if all that they'll ever need. And if that's all they'll ever need, maybe that's all we really need. Because we're living for something that will be here when we're old. And we're headed for some place a little further down the road. Some people's reasons for living is to get all they can and move on. But I find more grace in what's given because it leads me to where I belong. Young people, listen to this. Elders are people who hold law and grace in their hands. Where death is a doorway and they see falling is just learning to stand. And less is more than we really need and empties a space for us to receive because we're living for something that will be here when we're old and we're headed for someplace a little further down the road. God, I just ask you right now that you would speak to every heart in this room that whatever you are... Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media 
Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.